0: Wins the game at the Here we go. Welcome to another edition of the Gunshot. My name is Grant Gunn. I am joined with my sister Lauren Gunn. Lauren, before we start, we got to shout out all, all of the listeners. We uh hit a new all-time downloads in our last podcast. We got a lot of love, a lot of great things. Uh, so we're looking to keep off the momentum um with another pod breaking down free agency today. Lauren, exciting stuff.
1: Yes, I am. I'm feeling good. I appreciate the love. I'm feeling the love. It's uh, it's it's good. It's 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 fun. I love when we get talking to people on Twitter, whether it's our personal accounts or on the Gunshot account. We're doing trades. or just discussing rumor mill, whatever it is. So I love interacting with everybody, and I we definitely appreciate the support. So thank you very much.
0: Absolutely, we always love hearing from you guys. Feel free to reach out to us always, or leave us an iTunes review uh, on Apple Podcasts. If you leave a question, we'll also Make sure we get to those and answer any questions you have. They can be anything about our personal lives, basketball, NBA, just about everything. So feel free to drop us a review, add a question. We'll get to those. So Lauren, before we dive into free agency, there were a couple things that happened uh, in the news that I thought were, were uh, worth mentioning. The first kind of off the top is probably the biggest. Uh, in an interview, Dame mentioned uh, the, the exact quote when he was asked if he plans on leaving Portland. He says, no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving for now, at least. Mm -hmm. So interesting that he added the words, not for now, at least Mm -hmm. Um, sounds like he's sticking around, but, but Lauren, I know you had some thoughts on this. So so what do you think?
1: (laughs) You know, it's tough because I don't want to ever be like, oh, that guy's full of crap. And I don't think Damian Lillard is a guy that is ever full of crap. I wouldn't say that. Um, But I do kind of feel like we're all watching this situation and watching how Portland, um, they just it kind of feels like their best days might be behind them. And I, there's a chance that, that that's not the case. And, you know, maybe something goes, goes their way in the future. Maybe they, you know, swindle someone on a trade or, or get a draft pick or or something that just absolutely hits. I really don't know. But as of right now, I don't know what Portland could do in the short term to really convince Dame that this is the place for him to be. And so uh, I do believe with everything that Dame does for that city and how much he does love portland i don't think he wants to leave but i do think that he's kind of seeing the writing on the wall and is like you know what there is going to come a time where it's where it's best for me to move on and i don't think he's 100 percent there yet because it's got to be hard to accept if you're damian lillard but i think we're all just kind of waiting for that shoe to drop what do you think
0: yeah i i it was definitely interesting when we heard the quote there's no doubt that the clock is ticking we know the mm-hmm. pressure is on portland and that front office to do everything they can to show dame that that is where he can win the championship um and and up to this point he has, has constantly been saying i don't want to go anywhere i want to stay in portland this is what i want to do i want to win a championship here which is great uh, but when he added the, the caveat at the end i'm not leaving for now at least
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: i think for the first time he vocalized the fact that like yes the clock is ticking and, and yes. nobody thought it wasn't but everything he was saying up to this point despite what you were hearing from Stephen a smith saying oh he wants to go to new york if he gets a chance to go out or whatever it may be um that was the first time we really heard from him that yeah we we got to do something that
1: to- yeah like i mean like at camp usa when we were talking to, to tim reynolds they went went in there mark stein asked him right after practice and he said that hey i i have no intention to leave so yeah that's exactly correct
0: absolutely so it's so it was, Going to be interesting to see, no doubt, that uh, um, Team USA may have had an impact on things, just talking to those guys, being around those guys. I remember one of the funny clips after the Team USA won the gold was Dame trying to spray champagne and not having a lot of success there, getting help from Draymond, a guy who's won a championship. So you have no doubt these guys who have been there and done that before are in his ear talking about like, hey, you may love Portland and and I hear you, but there may be bigger things to uh, achieve somewhere else. So Mm -hmm. yeah. we'll
1: see yeah we'll see you know those guys are trying to work all the angles I mean Tim was telling joking to us about Bam and and I have to say ever since we talked to to Tim and he he was kind of joking about that I started noticing all the pictures that Dame and Bam are in and every time there was an Instagram uh live or post on somebody's story Bam and Dame were always sitting next together or next to each other on the bus I was like you gotta be kidding me so you you just never know. You got to think that Draymond's over there saying, Hey, wouldn't it be nice to come back to the Bay? Like, you know, you're from here. They're all trying to work all the angles. And so it's, it's going to be kind of a, a wait and see thing. I will say the one thing that I just, there's just no way in my mind that that happens is Damian Lillard to the New Orleans Pelicans. I continue to see the trade packages and I just don't think there's any scenario in which that that takes place I understand the logic behind the people that are saying they could offer a great package I understand that I just don't see that ever taking place do you do you think that that's something that could materialize
0: I don't think so when I when I look at Dame and Portland I think that's a very specific situation I talked about last week OKC being a team who has all these picks and young assets to throw at a team and overpay and that someday there's going to come a a time where they get the package more than anything anybody has ever seen in a trade package, and they're going to swing for the fences and overpay to a point where an organization is going to look past what the player may want and say, hey, we're getting the highest return because this has never been offered before. Mm -hmm. I don't see that happening with Dame only because I think Portland, the front office uh, and Dame and the fans, they all have so much respect for each other and they want it to work so bad. That if it gets to the point where they all decide, hey, this isn't going to work, and and I say they deciding being game, if he decides, hey, it's not going to happen here, I want out. I do think Portland would would do the best they could to send him um, where he wanted to go. Now, obviously, they're they're going to get a decent return, one mm-hmm. because he's Damian Lillard, um, right? But two, they're not going to give him up for nothing either. So, right. if it ever does come to that point where he wants out, I do think that's a situation where um, they kind of they kind of. Honor what he wishes a little bit. Yeah. And I I was sitting here talking last week, how, and I I still believe that the Thunder are going to overpay to the point where an organization will look past um, the player's wishes, but it's got to be
1: it's got to be the perfect blend.
0: Yeah. It really no no situation is the same. So yeah. we'll see what happens when it when it comes. Um, yeah. But definitely an interesting thing. We'll definitely be monitoring that over the course <laughs> of the season so Hands
1: and down. there's
0: there's one small thing I want to mention before kind of the last big thing uh I, I before we jumped on the pod I told Lauren there were three things that I wanted to talk about that were non-free agent related before we dove into our free agent kind of breakdown and recap Dame being the first I did give her a heads up this one she has no idea is coming huge news not really coach Bud the Milwaukee Bucks agreed oh. to a three-year extension mm-hmm. um, not really any any big news uh, I just thought it was interesting because there were, there were rumors that his job was uh, on the hot seat if they didn't win the finals or at mm-hmm. least get there. Sure enough, they did. Uh, signs a three-year extension. I've got to think that's pretty warranted. Lauren, do you have any thoughts there before we kind of slide on past?
1: No, I mean, I think it's, I, he earned it. Like he got there. And I know some people will say what they want to say about, well, half the teams that were At the top of their conferences or were the predicted title favorites, whether it be Brooklyn or LA or even the Clippers, whoever you want to say, weren't at full strength. Uh, Is there, I don't think anyone is saying, is there an asterisk on this title? I don't think people are saying that, but I know a lot of people are mentioning the teams that were not at full strength. And so I understand like how the finals could have looked, or not the finals, the playoffs as a whole could have looked different. But I don't think that takes away from the Milwaukee title at all. I think Bud earned the extension. Uh, I think the one thing that I'd be kind of curious to know is like what was the like minimum? What what goal did he have to to meet? Was it hey make it to the finals? Was it hey you need to win the finals or you're out? Like I I am kind of curious as to what that was. But again, I think you and I are still just as happy for the city of Milwaukee as we were when we watched. Um, them, them take, bring it home. So, uh, so yeah, I, there's not much to say on it. And again, I don't think that, or that's, that's not something that happens unless you get Giannis's signature, everybody's signature. So I think they're all on board. I think they're still happy and they should be, why wouldn't they be? So uh, yeah, Milwaukee's moving in the right direction. So we'll see, we'll see if they have any moves moving forward. If they try to pick up anybody else who's looking to, to hop on a championship contending roster.
0: Absolutely. Now, the last thing I bring up, I mostly bring up because we're Mavs fans, and I can't help myself. Yes. But a suit was filed in Dallas County. Uh (laughs) You know right where I'm going. (laughs) Nellins Noel has filed a lawsuit against his former agent, Rich Paul, and Clutch Sports, Uh claiming that he's lost $58 million in potential salary over the course of 2017 to 2020. I'm reading straight from the article uh, that Brian Winhorst posted on ESPN.com. Um, Mm -hmm. Noel claimed that there was a breach of fiduciary duty uh, and breach of contract with Rich Paul. I did the calculations. I think it actually mentions in the article as well, the $58 million that he's suing for is the difference in all four deals that he has since signed after leaving Dallas um, minus the four year, $70 million deal that he turned down. So he's played with, uh, I believe it's three teams since Dallas he's played in reading the article like OKC New York yes actually that may be it it may just be those two Um, he played for the league minimum uh, at OKC uh, for two years and then played last season for the Knicks Uh, he did break his thumb and miss 42 games after signing the qualifying offer so I think he takes into the fact that that one-year qualifying offer his two-year minimums and then his five million dollar deal for New York you take that away from the 70 million dollars that he turned down and that's the 58 million dollars that Orleans is doing for um, <sighs> it's interesting Rich Paul was his agent for all of the deals he signed mm-hmm. up to this point um, it's interesting he blames Rich Paul for yeah turning down the offer in the article it says that he was advised to turn that down and bet on himself an unrestricted free agency uh, obviously he broke his thumb and, and dealing with injury hurt his value there but Kind of a crazy story there, Lauren. What do you? What are your yeah. thoughts on that? Do you have anything to say?
1: I definitely have something to say. Uh, it's it's crazy to think about, and I hate to to bring this aspect into it because you and I are both accounting, but in the, in the accounting world, there is a legal aspect of if you rely on your accounting professional and rely on their duties, like you are in the clear because you are the client that relied on this certified licensed professional. To do their so I don't know, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know whose fault it is. I don't know where the line is drawn. I just know that that's a thing in the accounting world, and so it is kind of crazy because if you're Nerland's Noel, who at the time like he wasn't just getting into the league, but he's still a pretty young dude. So, are you getting this advice from Rich Paul and your entire maybe not your whole camp, but a, a, at least a number of people who Rich Paul had? I mean, he people know who he is, he has his reputation, like he's very well known. Um, And so if you have enough people telling you decline the offer, like bet on yourself, you'll get more money. I just don't know the process and like how that all went down. I don't know that I'll ever really know what went down or what the truth was because there's always, you know, two sides, whatever, but it is a crazy, crazy situation. And I saw a tweet that I want to run by you. Not that it, I just want to run it by, it says Dennis Schroeder, look, watching this situation, uh, kind of saying, you know, I could have been playing in the biggest market with the Los Angeles Lakers making 80 plus million, you know? So it's just, it's a crazy world we live in. And I, I don't know how that shakes out because who does that responsibility ultimately fall on? And what was the process that led Nerlens to how do you, where do you draw that line? What happened? So I, I don't know that we'll ever know that, but it's going to be very fascinating to follow. Cause I remember when you and I watched that go down and we saw that he declined uh, the extension and we were like, Huh? At the time, we were like, he's not going to get more than that. Why would he do that? I don't really know. Like, this was a good situation. We felt like it was, there was mutual interest, so we don't really know what happened. What did you think when this first came out back then, moving forward? Like, what is your take on this whole situation?
0: Yeah, I think it's really interesting. The first thing I, I did when I saw this is I kind of just laughed about it. Uh, and, and I think I, I laughed because when I look at the Mavs franchise right now, we're, we're in a pretty decent spot and that's mm-hmm. really thanks to Luca. But if we're sitting here scraping the lottery and we're not very good every year, maybe I have a little more animosity towards Nerlands and the fact that he turned down that deal. Um, obviously the fact that he got hurt and, and his last year on top of the injury was very interesting. Um, there were a lot of, a lot of kind of events that led to him not sticking around past just turning down the extension. So, mm-hmm. um, there, there are a lot of factors there. What I think is interesting um, is that he stuck with Rich Paul for this long. He he, uh, obviously feels that Rich Paul cost him some sort of money, whether he wanted to be in Dallas or not is a different story. But he stuck with Rich Paul for at least three more contracts. And so there's got to be some sort of trust here. Like where do you draw that line of, yeah, he re- he really did cost me that money or or I trusted him to be my agent. and And maybe it took him a few years to realize that. Um, you you started talking about the accounting side of things and just the legal side. Um, It's going to get real tricky. Mm -hmm. Nerland's whole kind of claim, and and I guess the the thing he has to hang his hat on is that he's arguing that his agent, Rich Paul, breached his fiduciary duty. And and that boils down to, he believes that Rich Paul did not act in the best interest of Nerland. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that is completely fair. Who's to say? I, I don't know how you go about proving that
1: yeah that's um, that is where i think it gets tricky
0: right so he's gonna have a hard time proving that but ultimately like maybe he can do that right. i have no idea how this is gonna work out this is obviously a civil court this is not a criminal court and things work a lot differently in the civil court than you think of your criminal court criminal trials mm-hmm. that you'll see on tv and in movies so um yeah, I think you point out Dennis Schroeder. I think he is going to have a little eye on this just to see what happens. Uh, that's a great point that I I hadn't thought about. So, so we'll I mean, see. it's
1: it's crazy thinking about the Dennis Schroeder. Uh, just because Los Angeles is a, a bigger market than Dallas, and every, I mean, this LA team is predicted to continue to be looking at the finals, looking at the they're just in a different position, and so it just feels like a grand, more grand scale than the Nerland situation in Dallas, and so I just. I don't know how that goes because where do you, like you said, like when it comes to proving it, are you looking at text messages? Are you looking at, oh, did we have was it reasonable to believe that we were going to get this offer from this team? And how reasonable was it? And is there some sort of statute of limitations of, Hey, it's been three contracts. Like you said, your time is up. Like it came and went to, to raise issue with this. So I just, I don't know what the rules are with this. And and if it's going to kind of set precedent for a Dennis Schroeder situation and maybe unfortunately who it might happen to next.
0: Yeah. I think something worth maybe mentioning is, is civil courts different in the aspect that it's not a, like a guilty non-guilty or all or nothing type of thing. Yeah. Um, obviously, Nerlens is claiming fifty-eight million dollars. Now, right. that fifty-eight is very easy to calculate when you look at all of his contracts. I kind of broke it down when we first started talking, but uh, maybe there's a world where where he wins some sort of settlement oh, or yeah. something less than that, uh, which is interesting to do. interesting too. So, I don't know. I don't know enough of the legal
1: yeah, world, me neither. especially
0: in the NBA agency world, um, to be able to speak to the aspects of it. But I just, I saw that was interesting. He had the Dallas Mavericks tie. So I had to bring that up. Yeah. Very interesting stuff. Well, all right. We're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to actually finally dive into free agency, talk about some of the bigger moves, some of the contracts, as well as implications moving forward in the future. Stay with us. righty, Welcome back. So we're talking free NBA, free agency, Lauren, as we stand, it is August 25th. There are still plenty of moves to be made. Um, there are still plenty of free agents out there as well. Like we are no means by no means uh, done. Um, but a lot of the larger names have been moved. So I think we should talk about some of these. I don't know where to start. Honestly, I, I had some time today and I made a huge list. Um, I want to talk about the Bulls. I think they're worth talking about. There's a couple other teams I want to talk about as well, the New York Knicks. Um, I, I think we should start, though, with some of the guys that chose to stay with their current team. Uh, there were there were five names that I – or excuse me, four names that I wrote down of guys who just re-signed with their teams. Um, and these are specifically not guys who signed extensions, like Kevin Durant, for example, Luka Doncic, Trey Young, all guys that had at least one more year before they hit. Free agency whether it was restricted or unrestricted but chose to sign long-term extensions uh Kawhi obviously is an exception to that where he was a free agent but did sign an extension so i don't think there's much for us to talk about because nobody really saw anything different happening so um something that's interesting i want to start off the top jared allen signed a five-year 100 million dollar deal to stay in cleveland uh, lauren is this interesting from cleveland's aspect having just drafted evan mobley um what are your thoughts here? There's kind of a little bit to unpack. Obviously with Cleveland, my thought would be any talent you can get, keep around. From Jared yeah. Allen's standpoint, collect the bag, get your money, but there's right. definitely a little redundancy. So what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, you know, it's 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 interesting. And I think it really comes down to if you're Cleveland, you got to keep the talent and Evan Mobley, I mean, the fit, there may be questions with the fit, but Evan Mobley is so unique as a prospect. I do think that there's a chance, even though he has the body of a five, he's so athletic that maybe you could get away with playing him at the four, or maybe they can play. They can each play, um, get their, get, starter big front court minutes and still kind of find a way to stagger if that makes sense or or at least have some overlap but just still I don't know they've got options there but if you're Cleveland you got to keep the talent around um if you're Jared Allen like you said collect the bag why not five years hundred million like that's fantastic what I want to know is that some of these guys that are signing like like let's take Luca for example just signed That Supermax extension, or not even Luca, a lot of these guys are going to be making 40 to $50 million in a couple of seasons. Jimmy Butler is the guy that's going to be making, I don't know the exact number, but a buttload of money. And you're telling me that Jared Allen is going to be making half or less than half of that? and you know the production that he's going to give you and he's only trending up where he's only going to get better he, maybe there are questions of what's his true potential how much better can he really or can he get but Jared Allen at, in, in five years from now Jared Allen's gonna be making 20 million dollars I think that this could end up being a very very good deal for Cleveland uh, and it I know it kind of shocked some people at first just seeing that that 100 million and seeing five years. But I do think that this was actually a good move for Cleveland. You always want to have talent and you want to have it long-term Jared Allen. Again, I think that that's a contract that will be very valuable in the long term. And I also think he's still a very valuable young asset. So if the fit is so bad and you're like, you know what, we got to trade someone and it's going to be Jared Allen. Well, it's not like you're not going to get anything for him. So uh, I don't hate the move for Cleveland at all. What do you think on it?
0: Yeah. I kind of fall the other way. Now, Mm -hmm. I get it from Cleveland's standpoint. Anybody who wants to stay in Cleveland, especially when they're talented like Jared Allen is, you sign them. Whatever the price mm-hmm. is, you do it. Um, so I, I totally understand it from Cleveland's side. I don't think it was much of an overpay either. Uh, mm-hmm. You're looking at $25 million a year. That That's a pretty solid number for a big like like Allen. What I, what I think is interesting about Mobley, and you talked about them playing together, which is interesting. Um, the only thing I want to mention is, is, we talked about picking guards over bigs, just because if you're looking for a franchise changer, more likely than not, you're going to find one in a guard.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I don't know that Cleveland's going to be great this year. They may be picking in the lottery again. So just to name some of the, the top prospects, again, I'm on tankathon and, and have not done any scouting. I'm just reading reading names. Paolo Boncero, six mm-hmm. ten, freshman, seven uh, foot. Chet Holmgren. We've heard a lot of names a lot of his name lately uh there's a couple foreign guys so i may butcher these pronunciations but yannick noza uh from malaga it looks like 610 um jaylen duran center out of memphis 610 patrick baldwin 610 jabari smith 610 Nikola jovic 610 those are all guys in the top 10 according to tankathon right now which is obviously going to change a lot between now and the draft my point is you can find these big guys year after year. And I have no idea how many of those guys play style is similar to Evan Mobley or Jared Allen. So like, don't sit here and quote me uh, that, that they're picking guys who are all the same. But my point is shot blocking athletic centers, rim rolling shot blockers, you can find fairly often. And, and I just, I feel like they're becoming the running back of the NFL where you can find guys to do that at a cheaper price and you don't need to lock these guys up long-term. So do I hate the move for Cleveland? No, I think it was great to resign him. However, I just feel like the center, the way the basketball is moving, maybe it isn't the best move. Uh, I I don't know how tradable the contract becomes. Um, So I just think that's an interesting aspect of it. If I was Cleveland, would I have done that deal? Absolutely. So like, I'm not sitting here hating on the deal. I just think there's an interesting aspect to look at this when you look at next year's draft class, the guy you just drafted, other guys like that that are available. But moving on to talk about another guy who signed a contract like that, John Collins, five years, $125 million, just went to the Eastern Conference Finals with Atlanta. Um, he's an interesting case because mm-hmm. he didn't sign his deal uh, towards more of the end of a free agency when a lot of teams had already kind of committed a lot of their money and a lot of their cap space. It didn't seem like there was much of a market for John Collins. And it almost seems like Atlanta had a little more leverage than they already had yet. He still went out and signed a five, five year, one twenty-five deal. deal. Uh, Lauren, what were your thoughts on that one?
1: I mean, just the fact, as soon as they made it to the, the Eastern conference finals and they, they pulled out the, the series victory over Philly, I was like, this guy's not going anywhere. You cannot have this kind of success and allow him to walk. We've a lot of people have discussed the financial situation, uh, moving forward with Atlanta, you signed, I mean, you sign uh, John Collins. Then you've got the Trey young extension, Kevin Herter, like Cam Reddish, Deandre, you've got so many young guys that are going to get paid. Like that bill is going to add up very quickly, but John Collins is a huge, huge part of one balancing out Clint Capella. Like they, I mean, they are complimentary and Trey has a fantastic lob target and both of them. And if John Collins can continue to develop that outside shot, I mean, he's already a decent outside shooter. Uh, him playing next to Clint Capella or any defensive criticisms of John Collins are going to be minimized by Clint Capella, who who is on a solid contract for what he does for Atlanta. So I think it, for all sides, for all parties involved, keeping Trey, locking this situation up long-term for everybody, I think it was the right move for all sides. And good for John Collins for betting on himself and getting the bag
0: Absolutely. Uh, I think that was a great deal. I was a little interested to see the price. Yeah. Uh, After all that money dried up real quick, I was like, oh, no, John, John's going to lose a little bit here. But but he he didn't really seem to. Uh, That Mm -hmm. was kind of the number that was rumored before the offseason really got started. Um, So it was good to see him get that. I'm right there with you. I think he's a perfect piece for Atlanta. Any athletic rim rolling high-flying three-point shooter that you can get is a great piece to have so yeah i mean if, if i think if there's anywhere to improve it's on the defensive end yes. um, but like you said he's very complimentary to Capella, and, and he fits real real well with trey young so i think that was a great kind of re-sign there and like you said there was really no doubt once they went to the eastern conference finals so uh then the next one i want to move on to that i think is interesting Tim hardaway jr staying in dallas our guy Four years, seventy-four million dollars. I think we both thought that was a little low, maybe mm-hmm. compared to what we thought he was he was going to get yeah. uh, from rumors. It sounds like he he turned down more money elsewhere to stay in Dallas. Um, which, I guess, as a Mavs fan, I love to hear. Um, yeah, we saw probably Tim's best season of his career this past year in Dallas, and so there was no doubt he was going to go earn a big contract. I think it was a lot. Of, it was really interesting to hear. He signed a four-year, $74 million contract uh, with the Knicks, I believe. Uh, and wow. everyone was like, oh, my gosh, he's so overpaid. This was a horrible contract. And then he played so well that he earned the exact same contract. And it's like, well, looks like maybe he was worth that after all. And, yeah. and it was more about the fit that he was playing in, in New York and, and his role um, there. So I love that for Tim. But, but what are your thoughts there, maybe looking at some of the other contracts? That were signed across the league, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Reggie Jackson. Those were other guys that were kind of maybe in that same ballpark that signed very different deals. Yeah. So, so what are your thoughts on the, the Tim signing? There's a lot to unpack there.
1: Yeah, it's it, to start with the Tim signing. I was very surprised when I saw the number because I think you and I were both anticipating it starting at four years, 80 million. Um, and I wasn't going to be surprised if Detroit came in with a four year hundred hundred million dollar contract to try it because their timeline it that would not matter like they don't really they're not really paying they've got all these guys on rookie deals and so to go pay somebody to, to continue to add to talent uh add, add talent to a team like uh that's so young like that like I that wouldn't have surprised me at all so when we got him for under what we were anticipating I was very shocked and I was very pleased um and then to hear him come out and say that I knew and my agent knew, like, we didn't know what was going to happen, but we both knew that I wanted to be in Dallas. And so that's obviously really great to hear as a Mavs fan. Um, And yeah, I think he's just great for the system. So I'm really excited to see how he continues to gel with Luka as the team as a whole got better from a three-point shooting standpoint I think that's another thing that will continue to open up things for everyone not just Tim, not just Luca and not just Porzingis so that'll be an interesting kind of situation to follow but yeah you mentioned the Reggie Jackson and, and Dennis Schroeder and it's crazy to see how different some of these contracts are and not just in terms of you know dollar amount but length like Tim four years uh Schroeder one year Reggie Jackson two years like it's just kind of crazy and so um Reggie I kind of I figured that he was going to stay there I felt like there was mutual interest there especially after his playoff performance so uh, good for him I think that that's where he wants to be and I think he's going to continue to perform into another contract because he's just suited well for that system Dennis Schroeder I have no earthly idea what the future holds Uh, I don't know what his role is going to be in Boston and so that is really crazy to think about because this is a guy that could have just lost lots of money long term not just turning down four years 84 from LA and signing what was it like one year five or one year six million whatever the yeah Yeah, So, so yeah one year six million I mean we're talking like if he his role is 20 25 minutes as a sixth man or whatever the case may be like what is your Who's going to offer you more than $20 million a year? I don't really know that that's going to happen. So it'll be interesting next year when even – I think it's even fewer teams actually have cap space, what that's going to look like if they're in need of a point guard and if they see something in Schroeder. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting to see unique kinds of contracts being handed out and dished out. What are your thoughts on some of those guys and and maybe even some of the other guys who signed contracts that might have caught you by surprise?
0: Yeah, what I thought was interesting – Surrounding Schroeder, obviously, we're, we all kind of were baffled um, that he turned down the four years, eighty-four, to play in L.A. And I think ultimately that opened up L.A.'s ability to go get Russell Westbrook.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I, I will say, of all the teams to go to, I kind of think Boston was the perfect situation for Schroeder, um, mainly for a couple. I guess a couple reasons. I was going to say one, but I thought of another. So. Um, the Boston Celtics are going to be a playoff competitor. Uh, they they struggled last year for kind of two reasons. They were absolutely decimated by COVID. They mm-hmm. had more more games that I think than any other team in the league. Second was the Dallas Mavericks, but that really hurt them. The other thing was injuries. Jalen Brown uh, got hurt I think right before the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and so any any playoffs kind of shot they have, not that many, had a lot of faith in them, but any any kind of shot they have seem to go away. So when you look at Boston, uh, from that aspect, being healthy, uh, you know they're going to be better. They also go out and add Josh Richardson, another 3 and D wing, who can come and provide what you need in the playoffs, uh, a- another ball handler to help in Boston. Um, you go and add Dennis Schroeder, kind of same thing, another playmaking three-point shooter. Um, on top of signing Marcus Smart to an extension, you're bringing back your guys like, I feel like Boston is poised to give some trouble in the East and obviously the East is a gauntlet. Um, now who, who thought three years ago, I don't know that I'd be saying that. Um, but if there was a team to go on a one-year prove it deal, I kind of feel like it, it's Boston. He he could go in and, and make a real impact and, and potentially show that, Hey, uh, I am a contributor. It's not the fact that I was playing with LeBron uh, and Chris Paul back at OKC. Like I, I can, I can play on a, a good team and be worth 15 million a year, whatever it may be. So you you talked about it next year. The market is going to be very different than it was this year. Um, But I like, I like the situation on paper, I should say. in Boston.
1: Fair enough. Yeah. I, I don't know. I I really don't know with Boston, what their rotation looks like because, you know, they bring back extend Marcus smart, um you have Dennis Schroeder you bring, like you said you bring in Josh Richardson who who has that playmaking ability and I know they're going to expect that from him you also have Peyton Pritchard who I know that they're enjoying continuing to develop so I I just don't know how big the role can get and how much I hate to phrase it this way but money could be in that role like how much potential is there to really make a play for this is my value so I I just don't know what that looks like
0: absolutely so moving on I want to talk about uh one more big move um this is a guy the Dallas Mavericks had their eyes on it was rumored that uh he was going to come for, to Dallas for a little bit but he ultimately signed with Miami Kyle Lowry uh in a sign and trade made his way to Miami for Drogic and I believe it was precious and yes
1: um
0: so you and I talked about Miami having a very interesting situation going into the offseason they obviously bring back Duncan Robinson on a five-year, ninety-million-dollar deal as well. Uh, they lost Kendrick Nunn, um, not a huge loss. I think when you look at it, especially when you add a guy like Lowry, uh, you do also lose Dragic in the process. But I think this was a great move. It, I think it's going to help Miami, um, maybe launch them into a top-six to seed. I don't know if we'll we'll see them back competing for the final spot because, like I said, the East is tougher than it was a couple of years ago. Um, but Very interesting nonetheless. Lauren, what are your thoughts on the Kyle Lowry deal uh, as well as project and what, what implications that may have on the rest of the league?
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I can't help but go back to last year's trade deadline and think about the bidding war that was taking place for Kyle Lowry and continuing to watch the clock tick. um, And then ultimately just see him staying in Toronto. Uh, So that's kind of crazy to think about because the return really would have been so much higher. Uh, Precious Achua is a great pickup for Toronto. Um, Toronto is, they love kind of having those super athletic guys who have the long wingspan and are just super athletic and super versatile. So that was a good pickup for them. But Goran, uh, especially being Mavs fans, nobody, I don't think anybody expects Goran to be there. I don't even want to say long-term because that just sounds silly. I don't even know if he'll be there the first game of the season. I tweeted that like a couple of weeks ago. And so I just, I don't really know what to think about the return for Miami. It was fan- a fantastic pickup. you got to pay him. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to, if that opportunity is there, you got to strike on it, especially on Jimmy Butler's timeline. I think it was a great move for them. And then it ended up allowing them to pick up someone like PJ Tucker and even Markeith Morris and even bring back Victor Oladipo on this vet minimum deal to try and, you know, give him that flexibility to prove it. But if he does come back uh, and is giving you quality minutes at, vet minimum money. These are all moves that I don't think happens unless you land someone like Kyle Lowry. So, um, it was, it was a fantastic offseason for Miami and they're in a really, really good spot. I don't know that I'd take them over Milwaukee. I don't know that I'd take them over Brooklyn. I would take them over Philadelphia now because <laughs> I don't know what that team is going to look like moving okay. forward. Um, but Miami Definitely got better. I just don't know how things look compared to, to some of these other teams in the East, the East, like you said, it is a gauntlet.
0: Yeah. I, I like that move a lot. Uh, we talked about Boston too. one more team. They have to compete with. Yeah. Um, you, you talked about Drogic not being there. I, I think it's like the worst kept secret that he's not going to be, in toronto i think toronto uh, i mean as Mavs fans we're hearing that like he wants to be in dallas he wants to play with luca um and and play with i believe the old slovenian head coach um, Mm -hmm. Igor thank you i wasn't even gonna try his last name
1: (laughs) i don't even know if i got it right so i'm not even gonna act like i did
0: okay well either way we know know who we're talking about (laughs) um so, so like it sounds like dragic wants to be here but um, it's interesting to hear Toronto kind of holding Pat and saying, Hey, we will trade him to OKC or wherever. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Maybe he gets bought out. I think that's what Dallas is kind of open yeah. um, for our sake. I don't really care how he gets here. I just hope he's here. Yeah. Um, same. So we'll see. Um, but I want to move on and talk a little bit about some of the other picks. Um, this one, we can kind of breeze through a little bit, um, uh, but he had a great Olympic performance. Obviously, is a good three-point shooter. Uh, a guy who can create his own shot. Evan Fournier signed mm-hmm. a four-year, $78 million deal. Go to the New York Knicks. They added another piece. They also got um, Kemba Walker on a relatively cheap deal. I don't think the details have been released on that, uh, at least when I did a quick Google earlier today. Um, but the Knicks, I felt like I've added a couple couple pieces to to make them better. They did lose Reggie Bullock to our Mavs. <laughs> um, but ultimately... Ultimately, I think they got better, uh, and and so it started with that that deal for Evan Fournier. Lauren, what were your thoughts there, and and maybe what what the Knicks are doing at large or as a whole?
1: Yeah, I think picking. I mean, I I do think that the Knicks had a a good off season. Uh, they're continuing to try and and put something together, and you can see that they're not afraid to get out there and spend money. I do believe uh, that Kemba Walker signed a two year, $16 million deal. I, I I could be wrong, but I believe that that's what it was. Um, but that, like that situation right there, Kemba, I know that there are the injury concerns there. Um, and that, that report got, got released that he has, uh, I'm, I'm totally blanking on the ongoing injury that he's dealing with. Uh, and, but I know that it's going to be concerning moving forward. So, uh, but this is a, like a low risk move for them two years, $8 $8 million. Uh, I believe they, they signed him into the um, mid-level exception. I could, I could be wrong, but I believe that that's what I remember reading. Uh, I believe it was Sh- uh, Shams that, that tweeted it when it, when it happened. Um, so I think that that was a low risk underrated move for them. They, they hit in the draft, in my opinion, Jericho Sims, Miles McBride and Quint- our boy Quentin Quint- Grimes, who we're rooting for. Um, I just, these are all good moves that they're making. Uh, bringing back Alec Burks, bringing back Nerlens Noel, extending Julius Randall. Like ju- we, I-, I was looking at this Julius Randall situation like two years ago, saying, "Man, good for him for getting paid, but when that contract is done, he is out of there because I don't think New York is spending their money well." And like I said, they do spend that money, like the Derrick Rose, another another kind of pricey deal but they love derrick rose and he brings something he brings a lot more to the table than just the numbers in terms of uh being a veteran presence for guys like emmanuel quickly miles mcbride like i mentioned uh even even rj barrett who shows an ability to be a ball handler so i like what new york is doing i think the additions that they made obviously they're a, a big big market and so you're always going to want to swing for the fences but the moves that they made were, were solid moves and evan Fournier, while that does seem like a big contract the dude's a bucket, so uh, I like what New York's doing.
0: I really do. Yeah. They were kind of always the laughing stock of the NBA for various really? reasons, and they've, they've turned it around real fast. And we talked oh, yeah. about the East being a gauntlet, and we've talked about some of these other teams. Uh, these guys are going to be competitive, too, uh, and they only got better this offseason. So, yeah, you talked about – you kind of beat me to it, talking about Jericho Sims and then Quinton Grimes, uh, good old friend of the pod, Ben Perkins, works with him a good mm-hmm. bit so uh go back and listen to our, our pre-draft breakdown with with ben perkins if you haven't we talked a little bit about Quentin grimes um uh, before the draft and what he was doing to get ready so it'll be interesting to see his role as well as what um what else happens with new york because these is gonna be a lot of fun I, it I, is I, like I charlotte you got
1: charlotte in there you got these young teams that are right. battling and are putting something together like they're not just you know, we got LaMelo ball or we're in New York and, you know, Julius Randle's an all-star and they've got lots of guys on those rosters. And so it's going to be interesting to see who develops and where they go, but it's also going to be interesting to see, you know, who falls by the wayside, who might become available via trade is PJ Washington, a guy in Charlotte whose role is, are they going to focus on continuing to develop miles bridges with the connection with, uh, with uh, LaMelo because they got that, you know, everybody knows that they have that connection. Um, They just drafted Kai Jones. Like what's going to happen there in New York? Obi Toppin battling some injury there. They just drafted Jericho Sims, but they, I mean, they like him and he's, (laughs) you watch him and you know exactly why you like him. Mitchell Robinson, you know what I mean? Like there are lots of questions with some of these teams. So if you're a team out there, that's like, if you're Toronto and you're like, Hey, you know, we've got a glaring need for the center position. You might keep your eyes on, on New York and say, Hey, is Mitchell Robinson, someone that could be a low, uh, low cheaper acquisition someday. I know they're still pretty high on him, but these are situations to monitor and it'll be really interesting to kind of maybe get out in front of these and and just discuss them before they happen.
0: Yeah. You you talk about the Knicks. I want to talk about this next team because I have a very similar thought with them as well. Uh, Mm -hmm we talk about the East being so competitive. We talk about all these teams that we like. I'm I'm about to talk about Washington and and the Spencer Dinwiddie signing, as well as uh, the trade involving Westbrook. But there's going to come a point where teams are not very, um, I don't want to say competitive because I think they're going to be competitive, but there's going to come a point where they realize they're not going to make a playoff run. And so do some of these assets become available? Bradley Beal obviously is going to be a name that's floating around the trade market. Um, but Spencer, Spencer Dinwiddie signed a three-year, $62 million deal with Washington. Uh, they also traded Russell Westbrook for Kyle Kuzma. Um, gosh, I can't read my own handwriting. Um called Lil Pope. And KCP. That was the other one that I couldn't read. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I knew, they, I knew they got Trez, but I was struggling to read. That, that tells you how bad my chicken scratch is. Anyway, <laughs> uh, when you look at some of the other pieces they have, I mean, they've got Denny, who battled injuries, Rui um, – Daniel Gafford, they just drafted Corey Kispert. They traded for Aaron Holiday. They've obviously got Davis Bertans. All of these guys, I think, um, are are great pieces that are going to help them be competitive. I think, I don't know that they're trying to build a big three here, but when you look at Spencer Dinwiddie, Kyle Kuzma, and Bradley Beal, those are all guys who can get buckets. And in the NBA, that's what you need. And so I don't know that they're going to launch themselves into the top six of the East. I think they're kind of competing for a playing spot. But if they're the seventh or eighth seed out of the play-in, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, but I think that's really interesting. But they also you could you could talk me into being a team that's selling come trade deadline. So
1: yeah,
0: uh, you look at the Knicks, you look at the the Wizards. I think it was really interesting, Lauren. What what are your thoughts on the Didwitty signing and then maybe the Wizards as a team?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's really interesting because there are so many levels to it, and, and like you mentioned, teams can very quickly go from competing to, to realizing where they're actually going to go or hey maybe a first round exit isn't as isn't like the playoff experience of, of one round isn't more valuable than trading someone like Daniel Gafford or someone that we know can get us uh, a decent return even though they just traded for him um, at the past this this previous deadline they've got a couple of those guys uh, so like Rui, they're not going to trade Rui, but like some of these guys on this roster, they could get decent value back for. So I I just don't know what that looks like for them, but the Spencer Dinwiddie signing surprised me, not from, I don't want to say from Washington standpoint, because they were not like, you're going to go for anyone. If you feel like there's any uh, momentum, but I was surprised that Spencer opted to go there because I think he, pro- I, I believe he had many suitors. I could, I, I don't know. I guess there's a chance I could be wrong, but I I believe that he's a guy that would that would have a lot of suitors, and so to see him pick Washington team where a lot of people have just been wait, like you said, waiting for Bradley Beal to announce that he's he's out of there. That was kind of surprising for to see him uh, sign there for for three years. So I guess if you're a Washington fan, that's kind of encouraging because why would anyone do that if you know the best player on that team might be halfway out the door? I'm not really sure what that says, but things can change so quickly in Washington and Spencer Dinwiddie might come out in this increased role post-recovery as a crazy version of former Spencer Dinwiddie, or it could go the other direction. And maybe that's what pushes Bradley Beale out. I really have no idea, but this Washington team in terms of potentially available assets moving forward is going to be very fascinating to watch.
0: Absolutely. Lauren, we've talked about a lot of teams who are going to be competitive or who have seemingly gotten better. Uh, One team that no doubt has gotten better is the Chicago Bulls. Mm -hmm. Uh, At the trade deadline last year, they made deals uh, to to get Nikola Vucevic uh, to pair up with Zach Levine. Uh, And then they went out big and signed Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, and Alex Cruz. So three guys who are all great on paper. uh, And I think who are going to come in and and make an impact. Uh, They also have Patrick Williams and Kobe White. Uh, They drafted Ayo Dessumu. I think I said that right, but maybe not. Um, guard, swing guard out of Illinois uh, they also have Lowry uh, which is an interesting situation to kind of figure itself out uh, I think they're either going to have him back on probably a prove it deal uh, or they're going to get some sort of assets in return in a sign and trade I know he's been floating around the, the Mavs um, Twitter sphere mm-hmm. um, so, so maybe they get something back in a sign trade either way uh, it's no doubt the Bulls are a team who's gotten better what, what have you thought about their offseason, maybe some of those pieces, uh, as well as the potential for them to be a seller at the trade deadline? I mean, I listed off a ton of great pieces, but
1: do yeah,
0: you do you think it's enough to make them competitive?
1: Um, I do, because they're trying to, again, show someone like Zach Levine, who is in his contract year that, Hey, this is the place to be. And they've gone out, they've spent the money, they've spent the draft picks. They even spent the young asset and Wendell Carter jr. To go out and get Nikola Vucevic. So yeah, there may be some, some defensive concerns with that team, but I don't think it matters. I think their, their direction was, Hey, we're going to get a bunch of versatile players who have shown that they can put the ball in the bucket. Uh, Vuce puts up crazy numbers, which is, like there are a lot, I think that a lot of the casual NBA fan, like don't know that people don't know that because he was a lot of people do know that, but you, you get what I'm saying. He's sneaky. And so well, uh, having him having De- in
0: Orlando.
1: Yeah. And so having, having DeMar another guy who scores the ball a bunch, but in a completely different way uh, and then adding, um, I almost said Lamelo. yikes, <laughs> adding Lonzo next to Zach Levine, who is, quite complimentary to Zach Levine for a lot of the same reasons that we wanted to pair him with Luka Doncic. Uh, I I think these were all good moves and yeah, you have Kobe. White. yeah, you just drafted AO, but bringing in Alex Caruso at, it didn't, I mean, good for him for getting paid, but I don't think that that was an overpay by any stretch. And so you're continuing to add depth. He's a guy that plays with a lot of effort, brings more defense. And so I like what Chicago is doing. I don't think they need marketing. And I'm saying that obviously biased, because I want him, but they don't need to pay him. They've they've kind of set the direction that they're going in, and and they know that there somebody's going to have to pay him. Maybe he's not going to get paid right now, but somebody's going to pay him to keep him around because he's just a young prospect, and that's just what you do. Um, so they they know they don't need to, and they've already spent their money. So um, I like what Chicago's doing. I don't see them being a seller. I again, a lot of these other teams we've named in the East. Uh, I, I see them obviously being competitive in the East. Like you can't not be with all that talent you just added. But I, there's a there's still those those teams at the top that I would not take them over. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how they gel, what the fit is, where their weaknesses might show, uh, and just what that looks like as a whole.
0: Right. Now I almost see the Bulls being a buyer again at Detroit Dubbine. Uh, yeah,
1: just, maybe. Just,
0: just because of all the reasons you said with, with Zach Levine wanting to keep him around uh, they have some of the young pieces to, to maybe turn around a package uh, to, to go get somebody, whoever it may be. Um, but, yeah, you, you talked about it. Alex Crusoe signed a four-year, $37 million deal. or you and I just hit ball and kind of felt his value was around a three-year, $40 million deal. Uh, so maybe he locks up mm-hmm. a little bit less long-term, but um, he signs there and gets a little more uh, security. DeMar DeRozan on a three-year, $85 million to trade that was an interesting uh, signing because he was another guy who, who signed late um, and, and seemingly had nowhere to go. And there were talks of, well, is he going to sign the MLE? And I don't, I don't think he was ever, ever going to. And obviously three years, 85 is nothing to laugh at. Um, but yeah, there was a moment there. We didn't know what he was going to sign for. So I think going to Chicago pairing with some of these guys is going to be great for him. And yeah. uh, I think it's going to be great for Chicago as well. So um, absolutely. I'm all for getting talent out of the West and moving to the East. We saw a lot of that this off season uh, and hopefully it makes it easier for the Mavs. Uh, hopefully the Mavs aren't done as well. You <laughs> talked about, we talked a little bit about Drogic uh, and marketing and, and we won't harp on that too much because pretty much everything that has been said um, or, or that there is to say has been said. So yeah, we, we won't dive into that, but lots to still play out. We, we broke down a lot and there were no doubt, be, be news to come. Laura, is there anything else you want to add before we head out? I do have one story to, to share, but I'll, I'll give you a second case you have anything else.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I really just, I, I saw today like a pre-season schedule, not like a schedule. It was really just more like a, like almost like an advertisement. I don't remember which team tweeted out, but I was like, oh my God, that is right around the corner. Like I, I want to say it was like October 4th through like the 10th or something like that. And I was like, okay, that's going to sneak up on you. So, some of these teams like our Dallas Mavericks, some of these teams that might still have some moves left <laughs> The clock is ticking. So uh, I don't know how much more movement there will be, if any, uh, but I'm always keeping my eye on those Twitter notifications. So we'll just, I don't know. I always say, we'll just have to see. So I'm sticking with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't remember what day media day is coming up. I want to say it's like October 1st for the Dallas Mavericks. Mm. Uh I think certain contracts can't be aggregated, meaning like yeah. Moses Brown, for example, we can't include him in a yep. trade with another player until after media day. Uh, so, yeah, right. like you said, we may go to media day with with some of these players across the league, not just in Dallas, uh, not having a home or all of a sudden finding a home. So it's no doubt crazy. That, absolutely. The NBA never sleeps, baby. That's right. All righty. That brings us to the close of another edition of the gunshot. I do real quick want to share for those listening, not that anybody cares too much. Uh, Lauren and I work for the same company. We're in the accounting world. I'm in the audit department and she's in tax. So we don't cross paths a ton. However, our company is running a fantasy football team this year. Lauren happened. I, I don't know if she volunteered or was voluntold, um, but she is the commissioner of of the two fantasy football teams or football leagues we have this year. Uh, we we have quite a bit of participants, so they split us up into two leagues. Um, Lauren and I got thrown into the same league, so we'll be playing each other this season. Um, but the email went out today of the draft order, and I just couldn't help but notice that picking number one was her brother Grant Gunn, and number two was herself.
1: Look, uh, man, I gotta look out for the squad. You know what I mean? We
0: absolutely. just got you.
1: Just you gotta do what you gotta do. So absolutely. if anybody from Armenia knows listening to this, I. We'll deny it <laughs> if you play it, but got to look out for the gun club.
0: Absolutely. No, email said it was random function, whether or That's not right. it was, I don't know. Um, I truly had no, no say in the uh, process, but I couldn't help but think that was <laughs> hilarious that of course the guns, the gunshot will be picking one, too in the fantasy football right. league. So we'll no deal. Def- definitely keep you updated. One of the partners <laughs> last year One, he has the big trophy sitting behind him in his office and sent a picture to everyone today. I think he also won the March Madness bracket that we had last year. Um, So we're really looking to uh, take away his bragging rights because, uh, I mean, he earned it, but he doesn't need any more of that. So we'll see what happens this year. A lot of fun. A lot of fun in the NFL. Football is around the corner. My Aggies are a little Mm -hmm. less than two weeks uh, from kicking off. Uh, college football is around the corner even quicker than the NFL and before we know it we're rolling right back in the NBA just like you said never sleep
1: mm-hmm.
0: sports absolutely well that brings us to an- another edition of the gunshot like I said thank you so much for joining us go listen to our last podcast if you haven't we talked about all the love thank you guys for all your support we will be back in the future bringing you more NBA